BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Big Stream. I'm Kyle Coster. That's Stephen Douglas. Smart people know what they are. And this guy is like Jaws stomping around our blog room. Only if everybody worked for Jaws. Stephen Douglas, this is the Big Stream Succession Episode 2. I think that this episode was better than the one last week. It certainly felt like we got um, a lot of people right in their wheelhouse. It felt more like the platonic ideal of succession to me. I think when the kids were out in California, that that felt like something else. That kind of felt like um, in Mad Men when they went out to LA and you knew it was temporary uh, and they'd all find their way back together. We got a wedding coming up, so you know that big stuff is going to go down. Let's just start your initial reactions to this episode and some of the stuff that stood out. Yeah, it it was a, a very different feeling. Like I, I feel like we'd been uh waiting so long and, and there had been so much anticipation. And then the season premiere definitely delivered. And then this one came, it's like, oh yeah, success, like bonus succession. I felt like just having seeing one episode, seeing these people again just for a few minutes, just for an hour, was like we had gotten an entire season. And now it's I mean they they really got into it i mean jumping right into like fucking over the deal and putting the entire the entire family back in one room together this quick uh you know there's there's just no waiting around they're just they're going in like jaws and that room was a select karaoke vip experience uh it was a dream it's always been a dream of connor's to go karaokeing like he sees in the movies, uh, the real America, uh, a place that has some grit to their food, uh, some heartiness to it. I believe he called it on those uh, the the menu at that Irish bar 
pictures. You want to go somewhere? You want to go somewhere where people sweat with their hands and have blood in their hair? <laughs> I'm not so sure. I feel about those type of guys. I'm with Roman on that one. But yeah, so they they go out and uh, on the big occasion of the rehearsal dinner, which Willa was very much not essential to be a part <laughs> of. Uh, it looks like they mended things at the end, but we know things are probably we got six or seven uh, flies in the ointment coming up that are going to derail what uh, would otherwise be lovely nuptials. And they got right down to business. And Logan in this episode spends most of his time in rooms where he's not wanted. And I think that's a departure uh, from a lot of the episodes that we've seen in this series. He goes into ATN. Um, he is really strident about the news business. He gives a speech on a stack of boxes, much like I would expect our man Elon Musk to do at Twitter HQ. He goes kind of hat in hand to his kids. I don't know how much of the apology was legit, and real and sincere. Obviously, Kendall wanted a more thorough and emotional one, diving decades back into the past to some family trauma. But it does kind of seem at one point he says, oh, the kids have some juice. So I think that he is seeing them as worthy adversaries, even if in his own words, they're not serious people. Just so much. Everything I mean, him on the floor at ATN uh, looking, oh, I imagine, I don't know what's worse. If you're the guy who's asked if 40 is more than 15, or if you are the poor fellow who only was able to send one email while uh, the billionaire head of the company was standing <laughs> behind you, uh, staring daggers through your head. Um, I, everything, was. I, it was a bad night for anyone. Um who considers their operation to be a pirate ship, I think. Um, that is now in succession jargon as uh, something that the piss has been taken out of. Um, you know, just Logan giving this thing like, oh, we're going to be fast and swift and we're pirates. It's like, oh, so I guess, I guess I guess this is not something that's cool anymore because they're making fun of it on succession. I mean, it, it's basically a giant bag at this point. I'll put, uh, you know, I'll put some sports media discussion on the table for us here. And I think when you get to the point when you're pilloried or roasted and presented on that side in succession, yeah, pirate ship does have a negative connotation now. Um, and it's not that Barstool wasn't great at it. It's not that Meadowlark isn't doing good at it. It's just like that is the buzzword. That's what you want to sell. It says that you're lean and you're mean and you're going to sail those open seas. Now, Roman, the major development, I think, at the end is he's coming back into the fold. He is going to get his Jesse Waters on uh, in versions that are much, much worse. And he is going to program the shit out of that ATN lineup, which is right, which is currently going against doo-doo, 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 and fucking doo-doo on PGN. And I'm so pumped for it because... Roman says that he is the Lennon of this group. He's not the George. And I think I agree with him because there's something about him that's so much more dimensional, certainly than the other two strivers. And even though we got Khan having a moment of sincerity, talking about how his superpower was not needing love, Roman straddles this hardness and the softness. As we see that he's still in contact with his father and he's, deeply nuanced even when they wanted to 
game plan the deal instead of going out with Khan on the night where he's crushed. It's it was Roman that was basically saying, Hey, he looks down, we should hang out with him. Now is he gonna go kicking and screaming and clamoring for Desperado instead of that awful Leonard Cohen song, that Khan song? Sure. But he's gonna go because deep down he is has this loyalty to his family on both sides that I think is is uncommon in anybody else. Yeah. Um with with Logan, it was like it it seemed like acting like a an actual father is like a last ditch effort. Uh definitely it's like his his ultimate uh his ultimate move. Like something he's kept in his pocket and right next to the biggest deal, right before the biggest deal of his life, he's got to finally pull it out and play it. And uh, to the kids' credit, um, they mostly were like, nah, screw off, dad. Uh, we don't believe you. And, but, and Roman, I mean, he showed the text uh, to, uh, to Shiv. It's like just that one little text, like, just like happy birthday, take care. And just like two other texts, and it's like he's the most, the most loyal son possible. And then as soon as everything uh, goes sideways, he shows up at the house afterwards. And uh, so Logan, obviously, it, it worked in that respect that he got a, uh, he got uh, his little guy to come back to him. So and now he's dangling that from him, and it's it's great that the Tom is there. Tom is everywhere now. And he's just like, oh, yeah, I'll give you five. I'm going to I'll just go uh, hang around where Marsha used to stand. I'm thrilled that they're spending more time inside ATN and more time on ATN this season. I think that that has always been so fascinating. At times, it felt like it was kind of relegated to the beginning where they would put the increasingly ridiculous like cryons uh, of, of like a, a segment that we would probably post on the next morning. Chirons. Isn't that, isn't that what cousin Greg said? Chirons? Yes, yeah. I always thought they were crayons. I don't know. We're going to have to get uh, IT on that. Uh, th- that's a great debate. I, I never have heard anybody say it with confidence out no. loud. I've only read it in print. Uh, but, you know, we're breaking barriers. We are the pirate ship out there. But it just it's great because the dynamic of of Tom and Logan, too, was so interesting because at the beginning, he was serving as a yes man by saying, yes, I will look at Carrie's tape and Logan making him go first. And I think even while that was happening, he was kind of having this moment of clarity. Logan was that like, okay, well, they just tell me what I want to hear. And then the mocking comes rightfully so, so because she's terrible. <laughs> she, her hands are very uh, un TV <laughs> <laughs> in a few years. They might be where they need to get. Uh, but he realizes it's a bad move and he and he ultimately pulls the plug on that. And Tom kind of just takes, you know, it's so weird because he's that that is could not be more heavy handed in terms of like this guy is a puppet and he knows he's a puppet. Yeah, Logan really knows how to uh, how to lead someone to water. Uh, first, he, he tries to get the yeses out of uh, out of Tom and uh, and Sid. And they they follow right along, and then after the uh, the problem with the pizza, too much pizza, uh, he's he's ready to talk to Gre- or uh, Tom and be like, 
you know, maybe if this is the wrong move, we, we should slow it down. And he's, but each time he's like, my hands are off in this. I, I have nothing to do with this, which is uh, such a disturbing way to, to look at the world. When I, uh, that line where Greg said that there's a sog factor and Loman said, uh, fuck off, Greg, that reminded me of like that old onion piece that about the Iraq war that was like super long. And then the rebuttal was like, no, it won't. Uh, I just <laughs> loved everything about that. And I love, I love the character of Carrie, which is crazy because when she was first introduced, I was really skeptical and I was listening to a, a, a different, better podcast than ours, than ours that said um, that a lot of what happens in succession is cleaned up uh, by the end of the episode, like things don't simmer and kind of happen in the background. If they're important to the plot, they kind of come right in your face. Uh, it's not like it rewards like really careful viewers of like seeing the way things are happening behind the scenes. Well, Carrie was the exception to that, where she just kind of showed up and she started moving closer and closer to the frame. And I, I, I say I like her. I like watching her character, but she really unsettles me. I don't care for the character at at all. I find it, I find her kind of loathsome. So yeah. when she kind of got put in her place, like by Greg, who did the job, he did the job. Uh, <laughs> and then called out in that meeting where uh, they asked her to leave in, in the karaoke room and said, yeah, you'll get used to getting screwed by this guy. And you could see that she was really broken and really pissed by the end. And she yeah. is not from the family and she's not necessarily going to, you know, be totally deferential. I don't know if that relationship is completely fractured on her end. Cause she does seem to like have some agency, but I, I just commend them for weaving her in to be such a spectacularly interesting part of the proceedings because of course that has happened every single time there was a carry yeah i'm i'm actually surprised that uh that was apparently her end game like i want to be a uh, network a, a high level cable news network anchor and i'm i'm just the most high level assistant possible right now i mean i guess there are plenty of people out there great point yeah. i have the same note I, I i was thinking well this seems like actually a step down for her yeah, definitely. Um, first of all, I mean, if if uh, ACN's supposed to be like uh, Fox, I mean, she's got to go blonde, first of all, if she wants to be taken seriously. But yeah, I, I couldn't believe it. Like out, out of all the things, like all the business she's involved with and learning from Logan being right there. And she's like, no, I just want to be on TV. Um, you know, you would think she'd be somewhere on like a... Uh, on a local news channel right now. Uh, how, how the hell did she get there? But, you know, I mean, people's goals are their goals. Uh, everybody has their own way. And uh, Carrie apparently is, is not going to reach her goal this way. So I, I would think she would be quick to pivot. I mean, she's risen this quick within uh Waystar that she has to have a plan B, I would think. We got a call back kind of from uh, the dick pic scene with the deck presentation scene where Hugo and Jerry were watching uh, the infamous audition tape. Um, you know, if you wanted clicks, like, I, I mean, I could see that thing would have gone so viral. Uh, you know, that's, that's a total gawker post uh, back in the day, right in their sweet spot. But then he tries to do it 
And I, I what'd you think of that move where he, where he tried to do it because there was no way to get around it. And did you think that was going to result in some punishment for him? Or do you think that Logan took that in stride and just kind of feel it for his, his own decision-making that this is what the public thinks? I was I was shocked that he just like plugged in his computer at that point. It's like I would have at least opened up the computer and then plugged it in. And uh yeah, but yeah, that that was a that was a wild decision. Um that man must have a faith in a god that uh does not exist where he's like, maybe this will work out for me. Um but it was like uh I think you can leave sketch where the, they're watching the funny clips and but i don't know that, that was just i obviously logan got the uh the impression that uh this was being like i'm surprised well i mean i'm not surprised but i am that the the kids had a copy of the clip as well it's like this this leak this is going all around i'm surprised that it is not on uh on twitter or youtube or whatever by now Talking business here, um, we speculated and it was kind of the easiest call to make that they were probably overcommitted uh, when it came to the $10 million. I Telly had one line uh, right in the beginning of this episode, and it was uh, kind of to bring them back down to earth about finances, which I thought was great. Um, but when they're talking about what PGM's programming is uh-huh. right now and what they were going to do to fix it, like, again, we got, you know, a stepbrother of um, the hundred, which would be Kendall's idea uh, where it's like hardcore world news from global, global to hyper local, um, you know, but also like every day what's happening in Africa. Um, would you watch that? Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, the, as long as the network uh, taught me how to watch, I would watch it. Yeah. A I little guess that's my main thing. But it does seem to me that um, the event horizon certainly opened up a lot wider than it did in episode one. Uh, We could see that this PGM deal might actually not be the best thing for the kids. It's got a lot of red flags. And it kind of felt like in this episode that they were realizing that. Um, So it does feel like the chessboard to me is opening up to Roman coming back in the fold and essentially propping up that uh, really hardcore right uh, presidential hopeful. And then the other side, do they land at PGM? Are we actually going to see like a battle for cable news primetime is the final season of succession? I, I don't think so. I think, I mean, especially if, if the deal with Matson falls through, then they don't have the money to buy PGN. So I think I would assume uh, being much stupider than uh, anyone in the writer's room that the final season has to be everyone working on the same thing again. Uh, I don't think, I mean, I mean, there is no happy ending uh, is is the good and bad part of this. Um, you know, it's just so many bad people. I mean, you talked about Carrie, how, she, how she's still kind of off-putting. Um, and the main thing is just for everyone to remind everyone else at all times that they are awful people. So I think 
whatever keeps them most of them in the same room together for the most amount of time um with conflict is what's best for the show so i i thought it was i thought it was funny how mattson called uh kendall out of nowhere and he was like don't do this bro because i'll walk away and kendall was immediately like mm, well this seems like bullshit which uh I think that that might be something his dad would do. So, you know, it, it, it's interesting the the chess piece is moving and how he tries to just whenever some whenever someone says something, they just assume the opposite is true. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, that's that's basically what it is because you see them every every twist and turn. Um, they kind of have their own morality play. Uh, even the three children who are vying for the throne, how often have we heard like, it's just a play, right? That's how they discuss things. Like it's Roman not liking something, but then saying, Hey, well, if it's just a play, then I'm in. So it's like, yeah, there's the real world, but there's also like this business persona you have to create that like is misleading everybody and treating people like shit because like there is no room there's barely any room for that human side. So I think that they think the worst intentions of everybody else with the knowledge that that's what they're doing and putting out into the universe. But also I think that that's probably like been pretty correct for most of their lives because everybody in this sphere is sort of, you know, cutthroat and and it, there's not many Connors out there. Yeah. I mean, every, every single person's like, you are the, you are horrible. You're lying. Uh, I know that because I'm lying. Uh, what, what a way to live. Uh, what, I mean, it's, it must be lonely on the pirate ship. Um, not trusting any other pirates to uh, to help you with your parrot or whatever. Um, but it's just so many bad people and just no one, no one ever believing anyone. Just a sad way to go through life at uh, in a fa- in a family and also in business. Shiv can't find a good divorce lawyer uh, because everyone has been conflicted out. And we learned that that's a move that Tom learned from Logan and Logan would have given it to Shiv had Shiv been around. Uh, He accurately points out. Why do you think that that bothered her so much? Like it's just because she wants to win, right? It's not like because she actually cares about him at all. Well, yeah, I mean, it can't be. I mean, they're they're getting divorced. There's obviously uh, some issues here. Um, yeah, she definitely is just annoyed that she can't have the best, most high-priced lawyers, and uh, it's actually kind of surprising that she also didn't think of this, um, since she apparently saw it happen to her mother, uh, quite famously in the family. So. I don't know. I, I I would think she would be more on top of this. And yeah, it's definitely an extra kick in the balls to uh, have your father be the one who quite obviously told Tom exactly what to do. And then to have Tom, as usual, as we were just talking about, saying, well, no, that's not what happened. You know, just obviously lying and Shiv knows it. And it, it there's nothing for her. She's just very annoyed. Understandable. Willow was going through it. Um, 
pretty significantly. Uh, her GPS tracker took her to uh, an aquarium supply shop, uh, then briefly under the East River. No, actually, that was a bridge uh, before her. Find we found her safe at home. What's going through her head right now? It all got a bit real there. Yeah, uh, she's she's about to get married to a man she may only be saying she loves just to be nice uh, and to ensure that she has a nice life. And that reality is obviously hitting home and it's a little scary. I think if there's good news on the will front, it's uh, questions about whether this was all a drug thing uh, have been answered. <laughs> it doesn't seem like it was. Uh, I mean, that speech she gave where she said she couldn't do this and then disappeared for 40 minutes into the bathroom with her so-called friends. Uh, it sounds like a fallout boy lyric. I thought that that was brilliant writing. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was it definitely had an emo edge to it. Um, the con man, um, you know, I alluded to it earlier, you know, saying that your superpower is not needing love is, uh, it's like when the Michael Scott puppet looks at the screen and opens his mouth when he says he wants to have a million friends, it's just as pathetic as it gets. Um, but the dude's pretty self-actualized and uh, he knows what he is and, you know, we're meant to underestimate him. But I think that like when it comes to having it together, um, you know, he he's up there with Roman. He just lacks uh, the killer instinct and and maybe never had it and, and doesn't need it. Yeah. I mean, uh, he is a profoundly sad human uh, for someone who's polling at nearly one percent. Um He's he know uh, it's so sad. It's so sad if if he wasn't just some rich douchebag. Um, you know he's he's in a loveless uh, relationship, soon to be a loveless marriage, and he's okay with that. He just he just wants to have somebody nice to uh, go to parties with, and uh, have his arm for campaign events that don't mean a thing, but they'll be part of the conversation. So. You know, there was there was not much uh, political talk um, about Connor this episode, which was a real shame. Uh, that is just about. I mean, it's not quite uh, all the industry talk when they're when the kids are pitching their various visions for websites and uh, TV show or uh, TV networks, but definitely uh, you had as far as the kids go. Connor is definitely the most human. And he, you could read, you almost felt bad for him, you know, and I, not almost for me, I legitimately felt bad yeah. for him. Uh, it's it's, sad. It sucks and it's real. And it's like, yeah, I mean, I think that that's a pretty impressive acting job uh, by Alan Ruck to get you to like, uh, like to feel for that type of dude. Uh, but I mean, he's this got is sad eyes. Cameron from Ferris Bueller, like four years later, just like still just, filling our lives with joy and sadness. I'd like to just talk about how we felt watching the show. Um, I, I just, my big takeaway from tonight is I love these people in so many different settings. And I think that that sounds pretty basic for a television show, but if you think about it, um, it's not really true. Like when those kids went, out in regular New York and drank at a bar. That was awesome. The karaoke 
scene was awesome. Greg in an office is awesome. It's just like whatever they're going to put in front of me, whether that be a boring conference room or whether that be like the most picturesque setting out in Lake Como, Italy or whatever, like it just all feels so expensive and so stylized and everything just like hits right on point that like you never see the seams of the show, even though we've talked over like a couple small, like, you know, things that strained credulity tonight, that world to me feels so real, so visceral and like a place that actually exists. And I struggle to think of many TV shows that really brought me uh, is like fully immersed into the experience. And, and just like, I feel like I tingle a little bit the senses while that goes on. And maybe that's a little lame, but it does feel like a big sporting event that always delivers. It was definitely a, an episode that I think will stand out. I'm not sure if it'll, with a little time to uh, breathe, um, especially with, with the scene in the karaoke bar with Logan and the kids. Uh, if it, this is going to end up being like one of those episodes where everybody's like, oh, this is like one of the best succession episodes because it, it was so distinct in, I mean, aside from Kendall's various uh, uh, falling off the wagon episodes where he's in a, uh, in a bad place with uh, normal people, um this was just them and like them in the bar just very a, a normal whatever kind of recall like real america um and and what and one thing that stands out is how nobody knew who the fuck they were they're just four guy four people that are dressed kind of nice who are completely allowed to be in the back of the bar at a table and no one is looking at them twice no one who knows has any idea who they are and these are and they're in their heads they're like the most important people in the world um and then they go to the karaoke bar and we get uh logan going in and be like i can't take these lights like i mean how how many years has it been he probably in his entire life I mean, because he, he grew up poor and then when became this huge businessman, he's probably never experienced that kind of uh, that kind of uh, neon light or whatever in his life. All right, it's time for Market Watch after episode two of Succession's final season. Very important one here because I could see it going either way. Carrie. Sell. So what do we what do we say? Up or down? Sell? Sell? I think we'll sell buy and sell's good. Yeah. Sell. Yeah. So I, I would have to sell my carry stock on Waiters Island because she uh this was her big chance apparently at uh being a cable news anchor and um everybody's laughing at her. So I I think it's a rough look. Yeah, I do too. I think as we mentioned before, uh the decision making doesn't seem <laughs> I, I don't I don't really understand what was going on. It felt like uh, if you had if you were the assistant to the general manager of a baseball team and then one day you were like, I'd like to be the uh, the bat girl. Uh, it, it just doesn't uh, doesn't pass the sniff test. Uh, well, I mean, couldn't, for, couldn't Logan send her to Syracuse for a couple of years? He could do he could literally do he could literally do anything. Um, he, but he, he, he could pay Andrew Catalan 
to come and just show her how to be a broadcaster. <laughs> we got a gig for you. Your stock is hot right now. Um, apologies. Um, down, buy, sell, sell, sell. Um, apologies don't mean much. Um, especially when uh, you don't believe they are sincere. But it was nice to hear some for once. Yeah, it was just him going through the motions. He wasn't apologizing for the serious shit. Um, and he never will. I mean, I mean, maybe he does. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that apologies in real life I'm buying. Uh, they're great. They make the world go around. Uh, but uh, in the ends to with a means to an ends in a uh, business deal, I think that, uh, you know, they're they don't really doesn't really qualify for me um roman uh i i guess you would buy roman i mean he's he's back in with the big guy um his family his his brothers and sisters don't really uh i don't think they really like him anyway i don't think any they all view each other as competition so you know he's he's in with the big he's around with the big dogs I think he's going to be awesome at this. Um, I think he's going to be incredible. I can't wait to see what type of demented stuff he puts on the air. And I actually think that he'll succeed. Uh, I can't wait for the dynamic with Tom. It sounds like Sid's getting the ax. Um, the night of long knives is coming. I, let me just say that if you're in business, if we're ever at the big lead and I say, Hey, the night of long knives is coming. That's uh that's pretty drastic. That's going to be bad. <laughs> That definitely sounds like a uh, something from Game of Thrones. So um, you can tell Logan is obviously in the fantasy, fantasy genre. Uh, Lucas Madsen. Uh, down. I mean, I don't care if he buys this uh, this pl- this uh, network or not. I mean, he's just a he's just a sad guy in his t shirt. I mean, you know, you hate for a billionaire not to look cool. And uh, it rarely happens. So when it does, um, I, I guess we just have to embrace it. Sell for me too. I thought he looked weak. Um, I, you know, he, he apologized for bullying after he bullied, um, you know, his interpersonal skills are not good. I didn't like what he said where he doesn't trust anybody who sleeps well. Uh, I'm the opposite. If you sleep well, I trust you. If you can't sleep, uh, you got some unresolved stuff in your soul. That's just where he and I disagree. Um, ATN. Uh, obviously, bye. I mean, they're about to uh, get super racist and all that stuff that all those horrible people that watch cable news love. So, I mean, they're going to get swift. Let's go. Well, I'm going to buy as well. First of all, they were up 3% over last week. Yeah. 15% year over year. They got a uh, Brainiac math team on the case uh, saying that 15 does not equal 40 um, they got that sweet hanger and they're paying a, a pretty penny on uh, air conditioning. You know, I think you, you know, you adjust that a little bit and I see the road to profitability uh, right ahead there. EBITDA, by the way, looks great. Uh, just a little inside there. Um, let's go with, um, <laughs> let's go with on street ambushes for a business meeting. Um, I'm buying them. Uh, they're obviously very effective. Um, it's, it's hard to get someone in a room these days in a serious business. And I mean, you, you think they're going to come in on a helicopter for a night or two, and then I don't know how they 
they were going to take her helicopter from California. I don't know. That was, that was a little murky, but uh, yeah, on street ambushes are always good. Yeah. I liked it. Uh, I, I Sandy and Stewie have an interesting, interesting dynamic Um, for a split, a split second. I was kind of thinking, you know, like in, Seinfeld where they had the bizarro Jerry episode where Elaine hangs out with like the other group. I was like, what about a show about what's going on over with them? And I thought that they were trying to paint them uh, in a somewhat similar light. Maybe not so much. Uh, I think that they have a better work life balance. Stewie always seems cool and unbothered. He really does. He's the chillest dude. Um, Buddhism. Uh, Obviously. Bye. I don't remember the exact jokes about being Buddhist, but uh, there well, are Kendall is on a big, uh, Kendall's on a big Buddhist streak. Uh, he he said you, you need to be like water. Um, he, he exposed. He I think he quoted uh, the text at the beginning, and each time he brought it up, he was mercilessly mocked by Roman. Uh, I, I'm going to say actually, I think it's a hold right now. Let's see what Kendall's influence on it uh, is going to do. Uh, to its stock price, I, I think that it could probably be pretty bad for business. Jerry. Oh, this is bad. I mean, sell, sell down. She's poor Jerry. Um, all she tried to do was uh, be a good employee. And Logan just assumed she's being a good employee for the uh, the next guy. So, and also Roman is done. There's no more Roman and Jerry. So Jerry's just, uh, she's just there with Carl and Frank and Hugo. It's like, they're the old guard. They're there. Um, we're going to try away, find a way to screw them. Rough, rough look for her um, in the coming next tease. Uh, it looks like she's been going to be going through uh, the ringer. Is that still, is that new man still around? We haven't heard much about, uh, the guy she took to the the wedding last season. I got to imagine that he's out of the picture. He's probably, she's probably feeling um, a bit lonely. Poor Jerry. Poor Jerry. Poor Jerry. Greg comma manager. Greg still so great. Um, Greg just being Tom's eyes, uh, being coached by Tom and him. He's, he's a little cutthroat. Um, He, He's willing to do it because uh, he just no he, he doesn't have a soul. So whatever. All right. Well, I have a couple. Uh, let, let's start uh, with Kendall. I, I think Kendall's a Kendall's a buy in moderation for me. He got long awaited revenge on his father. Uh, he kind of got like some sexual gratification out of it. That was uh, that was not cool. Um, he seemed like he could handle the ordering at the bar where normal people were. Um, that was a bit, I think that that's right. I think if they go out, uh, you know, Roman would say he was going to do it, but he would, he would do something weird to the bartender. I feel like Kendall actually is a bit of a chameleon and that he would probably feel most comfortable there. He found it like least disgusting because he's probably like, so in his head, uh, at the, at all times that it didn't really matter to him. Um, it felt like Kendall was to me, not really at the center of, of the picture for this episode a, at all. Yeah. He's kind of just, uh, he's, he's part of the board. Um, he's, he's with his family. He's, I don't know. It, it, 
he really did enjoy seeing his father apologize. And you could see it in, in the ride home where he was like, just sort of pleased. Um, he, he's kind of on top of the business stuff. He's sniffing out Matson, it seems. And on top of all that, he is definitely the best in the bullshit, um, the bullshit network stuff, like uh, all the pitch stuff where it's like, oh, you know, we've, we've got to do sub-Saharan. We're, we're doing sub-Saharan at the top of the hour. Uh, and we're going to show people how to watch the news. Like, it's complete bullshit, but you have to have somebody that knows how to talk like that. I mean, we can be mad about it and we can mock it all that we want and we and we'll continue because it deserves to be mocked. But I'm that's sorry. That's just how business gets done. It doesn't get done at the Chili's anymore. You need that, that vernacular. It's a very different Kendall in uh, this season so far, which uh, good for Jeremy Strong getting to uh, do something where he's not uh, just making himself walk around and cry for 24 hours a day. The writers probably did it just so he wasn't such a prick on set at all time. That's my conspiracy theory that I know is 100% true. That is amazing. I love it. Uh, so so with good times in mind, uh, stock for pizza, up or down? It's a mixed bag. Um, I think that the, the big pizza would tell you you want to buy because that's, I mean, they had some on hand, but they just needed more. Uh, there was so much of it. Uh, you work in a newsroom, you're going to be eating pizza. thought it was a great free advertisement. Um, and, and really, I think that they come off as kind of like, you know, it's not the French Revolution or anything, but it's just like, uh, to me, it felt like the food of the proletariat, the people, right? And then you had the big corporate guy, uh, you know, the Royal We coming in, uh, Jaws over there saying, I need to save money on... And that's another thing too, like save money on pizza and air conditioning. Like you can really see uh, that old school element of him. But I think that pizza got a pretty good edit in this one. Yeah, um, I I never worked in a, a, a traditional proper newsroom. Uh, so for it's for election night where it's all the pizza, right? For mm-hmm. for the regular uh, news coverage. And for sports writers, what is what's the big pizza nights? No, they don't have it. It could be because oh. what the sports writers say is that oh, that's we do election night every night because they're on a a, a tighter nightly deadline. So okay. you have a great schism, you have great friction. Uh, it would it has the makings of an amazing documentary. Uh, if you could pit these two nerds uh, against each other, I'm sure up to twelve or thirteen people would watch. And also, I guess we would be remiss if we did not mention. Uh, number one on the weekly top seven, uh, our our man, the man, the big man, Logan Roy. Oh boy, um, it's stock up for me. Um, when he was in that ATN newsroom, I think my big moment of the episode was how alive he felt and how good his speech was after intentionally kind of starting out slow and awkward by the end he had people eating out of his hands and i don't think it's hyperbole to say that it felt a lot like leonardo dicaprio and wolf of wall street where he gets in front of everybody and they go nuts now obviously there weren't topless people and doing cocaine uh off every substance uh, off every surface but really you could see his ability to work a room 
and rally troops. And I don't think that we've ever seen that in this clear of form in the entire series, like in front of a big room to be that personable. Like, I think that the everyday workers in there actually bought it. And, you know, we can go down this rabbit hole, uh, but it wasn't a one for one relationship, but it, it made sense that he would uh, operate a news network that was based on bringing the little guy uh, being saying you're the voice of the little guy when you're when you're really kind of like the actual elites. Uh, there was a Trumpian nature to it where say what you want about him. He knew how to speak to a crowd. Um, I thought that it was actually one of the more uh, fun moments I've ever had with Logan because he kind of had me charged up in the way that it resonated, um, the way that he handled his kids. Um, I think that he's playing both sides a little bit. I think that uh, he knows something's up with this go Jew deal and uh, he might inevitably take his kids advice and get a better deal. And I think that that's really intriguing. Um, bad with Carrie. Sure. But that is always going to end bad. Like that's Carrie's fault uh, in my opinion for thinking it'd be anything other than this. Uh, we saw a lot of different sides of him and I thought that he was uh, really sharp around the edges in a lot of different ways. And I actually thought that the karaoke scene where he apologized and he was real was about as magnanimous as we're ever going to see him in this entire series, even if it was, you know, quite lacking. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess the, the headline here is Logan Roy back question mark. Um, I, I think we're seeing him running on all cylinders now. Um it was the first time we'd seen him uh, kind of interacting with the normal people, the uh, the working class man. Uh, he he gave the speech in front of the room, and I think if you look back, most of the other times that like that kind of situation has come up in the show, um, it's been them kind of making fun of that a lot more, like it not going well. Uh, when Shiv tried to address people, uh, I think Kendall wheeled in the speakers, uh, Kendall and uh, whatever the Valter, that Valter speech. Um, you know, it's just you can just tell it's bullshit, but the people clearly actually bought into uh, what Logan did because I don't know, maybe they were just intimidated because you know, he's like they're all working for Jaws, so you gotta cheer for Jaws, even if you're a pirate on a boat. Um, but yeah, and he was he was very good in what I what I really liked was how quickly they got the family back into a room together to actually have it out cuz I mean that kind of felt like something that happens way later in the season. Um so we'll see what happens. I I mean the entire this entire season I think we're going to be like, you know, who who's going to succeed? Who's going to success here? Um I I think it might just end up with Logan still being on top, whatever the hell's happening at ATN, ACN, ATN, ATN, whatever's happening at ATN. I think uh, it's just going to end up, everybody's going to be kind of back where they were at the start of the series. But uh, so just as I think no matter what, Logan's going to feel like he won. Yeah. I think that, uh, yeah, I'm moving my, uh, probability needle uh much closer to that uh and for the 
the sole reason of I don't think it would feel right if anybody but Logan won. Uh, he's if we're to believe his speech that they're not serious people at the end, um, then nobody should win. And I guess that's the question we should probably close on. Um, do you agree with his assessment that his kids aren't serious people? Uh, I think a hundred percent. I agree with that. Uh, I guess Shiv would be the most serious, but I think she's kind of, I don't know how to describe her, but she's just, she makes silly decisions, I guess. Um, but they all do. Yeah. I mean, nobody is like in it has the skin in the game that Logan does and never will. Yeah. But I mean, I guess I would, I, 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 I am closer to being agnostic and at least open to more like thought on it because yeah, they're not serious like Logan, but nobody is like, it'd be like, you're not LeBron James. Um, well, okay. You might be a nice, nice player. Uh, you know, what are you? You're uh Danny green. Okay. Danny green's not nothing. I mean, there are flaws in his game. Sure. But can he, you know, rise to the moment and be part of a winning team? Yeah. And I think that all the kids have that in them. Like Shiv, I think is the most uh, seasoned on paper. Well, and, and, but her, you know, the, the, the personality aspect of it doesn't allow her to get where she needs to go. Um, Roman is, I mean, Roman's got some shit with his dad. I mean, that's, that's where it is. Uh, and he's certainly not for everybody. And he, puts off a demeanor that he's not a serious person when in reality he's being trusted to run this network, which I think is a legitimate offer. And like I said, he will do well and Kendall for all his faults. I mean, they're just kind of like personal demons. Like if Kendall didn't have personal demons, he would be, I think a worthy successor. So I think maybe he's saying that uh, as a play, like anything else and, and maybe he will continue to underestimate them but i think that uh i think that they're close and maybe the lesson is that uh with their combined power it, it doesn't have to be a one-on-one fight it can be a one-on-three fight or a one-on-four fight uh so i think this season will prove whether logan was correct in saying that or uh if deep down they were serious uh and it just took uh, all this time and uh, hilarity and memes and discourse to get there. Uh, any closing thoughts? You uh, ready to go to bed? Yeah. No, the uh, the Roy children are definitely the uh, Voltron of Nepo babies. You know, good for them. They they work well together. They have all the all the different parts. And uh, I I just want to point out before we go that someone did say eyes emoji during the show, which is all that really matters. Yeah, man, put it in the lexicon, um, put it in the vernacular. Um, yeah, as always, uh, we'll be right there. Uh, you know, making jokes on Twitter that get like eight likes. Um, but you know, it's not so much the quantity of the laughter. It's the quality. Um, thanks for joining us. Kyle Coster. That's Stephen Douglas has been the big stream. Eight more episodes of succession remain. Yeah, that's a shame. Ha, 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 ha.